Welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I'm your host, marketing and mindset coach, Ellie Swift, here to help you connect with your clients, create life-changing results in your online business and shine neon bright online. I built a multi-six-figure business in under two years and more importantly, have supported my clients to get amazing results. My clients have generated five and six-figure launches, tripled their income and completely transformed their lives using my signature framework, the Swift Marketing Method. In this podcast, I take you a layer deeper into my business, my life, and my mind. If you're an ambitious entrepreneur, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome to Shine Online with Ellie Swift. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest one of my incredible mentors and dear friend, Lacey Seitz. Lacey's a business mentor and a success coach for high-performing women entrepreneurs. She has her MS in mental health counseling, as well as an MBA. She's worked as a therapist and the director of a large nonprofit. Pretty magic combo, right? And if I were to describe her in my own words, she is a loyal Taurian, incredibly caring soul, wise enough to have lived many lifetimes and insanely smart. I really wanted to have a conversation with Lacey specifically about scaling mindset because that's something Lacey knows so much about and is often overlooked as a conversation in business. We talk about why we believe that to be so in this episode. We also talk about the mindset blocks that she sees most in her clients, how to move through them and her personal mindset practice as she has scaled her business. Oh, And you will also hear some examples from my own story about what I've had to move through as I've scaled. And just as a hint, it's not all pretty. (laughs) Settle in with a vino or a cuppa. I hope you love this episode as much as I loved recording it for you. Oh, hi. Welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. It is so wonderful to have you on my podcast. Welcome, welcome, Lacey Seitz. Let's just kick off with a bit of a who you are. So can you share a bit about your journey and how you became the incredible coach and human you are? Basically, I started off like I thought my like calling in life was to be a therapist. I went to school for that, did that for a little bit, ended up working at a nonprofit and rising up in positions there quite quickly and kind of realizing like, huh, nobody here really knows how to run a business very well. Like most of us had like master's degrees in mental health counseling and stuff like that. So I went back to school and got my MBA, really like realized that I loved that side of it, became very disillusioned with a lot of the nonprofit world. That's a whole other conversation. But um Just kind of ended up leaving and starting my own business. So much more to that in terms of uh, what, you know, what spurred that, because I think it can be really hard to just up and leave. So I don't mean to make that seem easy, but I started another business that was like vintage new and used clothing resale, did that for a little while, and then kind of realized like, and almost fell into the coaching space. And I was like, wait, stop. This is like everything I love ever. Like this is all the parts of therapy I love. This is all the parts of business I love. This is all the parts of why I loved the business I had built at that time and just kind of stepped into it and never looked back. (laughs) I also feel like you and I have never talked about the fact that you ran a vintage clothing Brad, like what? Just a <laughs> tiny segue here before we dive in. Like, I, I just, it's so funny because I know you so well now, and I actually can't picture you choosing that and going down that as what was the rationale there? Oh my gosh. So, basically, like, long story as short as I can possibly make it is that 
the reason I left the nonprofit was because I had a very big ethical disagreement with the chair of our board of directors. So basically like one day I was there and the next day I was like, bye kind of thing. And so I had a lot of free time on my hands (laughs) and nobody else would hang out with me because like everyone else had a job, but my grandmother would hang out with me. And her favorite thing is to go to like antique stores and um, like thrift stores and all of this stuff. So I like literally was just spending all this time doing that with her and just kind of saw so much opportunity there. Like I was like, this is an incredible business. Like how is someone not doing it? And I was applying for a bunch of jobs in the meantime. Like I still thought I was going to get a job and I was getting turned down for like all these jobs that I was wildly qualified for. And so finally, I was like, I think the universe is putting this in front of me for a reason. Like, I'm just going to roll with it. And it was great. I love that, that it stemmed from spending time with your grandma. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so good. So I was like, thanks for, thanks for hanging out with yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> no one else wants to. Everyone has day jobs. I don't. Mm-hmm. Also, how are we going to make the best of this situation? Exactly. And I think that's so helpful because you just never know. Like, I think that we think that we should know, like we should know the whole path and we should see how the whole business is going to unfold. And that was not the experience for me at all. Well, what I love about your experience is that, and I know this is what makes you such an amazing mentor, is that you have that incredible experience of therapy and business. And I think that when it comes to understanding business really well, the best thing that you can do is learn how to understand people. Could not agree more. Obviously then starting your business, and I know we're going to have a conversation around scaling mindset. I really, really want to have that with you because I know it's going to be so relevant for everyone. But when you think about the business that you've created, how does your therapy background play out when it comes to the business that you've created? I mean, I can tell you hands down, I attribute significantly more of my success in marketing and business to my therapy background than to anything that happened in business school, like by a lot. I think that if you really boil business and marketing down, it's like, do you get people? If you get people, that is like on lock. If you are trying to think about it through any other lens, then like how are people going to think about this, receive this, process this? you're missing the point. And so, yeah, I just find that that training and like understanding people, like I feel like all marketers should, should, you know, go through psychology training because it just makes all the difference in the world. Like it has been the biggest game changer for me. I couldn't agree more. And it's true. Like even conversations related to business and scaling, ultimately every single question we're asking comes back to, well, what's the customer journey? Like, what does your ideal client want in this moment? Like, where are they at? What are they feeling? What are the solutions that you can provide? And so I think that we can a demonize marketing, but also we can really make it out to be this huge thing when really, if we come back to almost like basic common sense around understanding of people, then we're far more likely to succeed. Do you have any um, examples that come to mind of like that being true for you? Or how do you see this play out with clients? Oh my gosh, for sure. Like the only question I am ever asking when I'm reading someone's sales page or marketing is like, if I'm the customer, do I get what's in it for me? Is that explicit? Is that clear? Is that made obvious? And most people miss this. (laughs) Like a lot of people are marketing and they're trying to make it this whole complicated, convoluted thing. And it's like, simply ask the question, like, what's in it for me? Like, that's what your audience is reading it asking. And so if you filter everything through that, it gets so easy. Like, I just think it like, you know, just breaks through all the noise where it's not like, well, you have to market with this template and this format and this thing. And that do they get what's in it for them? Right? Like, do they think you get them enough to deliver that? That's pretty much the gist. <laughs> and the irony of that is that that there is like one of the best pieces of marketing advice that you could ever receive. And it's so simple. So like, what are those solutions? Like, what do they look like? And I think we can get carried away, especially for so many of my clients, they have businesses where they're selling a lot of non-tangible things. So for example, you know, health coach, spirituality coach, whatever else. And the more we just think about, well, how can I break this down so that it's really, really clear and 
really obvious what it is that I'm providing. That doesn't mean it has to be tangible all the time, but it just needs to be super clear what it looks like. So visually, can I picture this? Like, can I see what this means for me? So I love that you explained that. Absolutely. And I think like just to spin on that for a second too, is like the, can I visualize it thing? Again, that's like so coming back to the simplicity and psychology of it, we need to be able to see ourselves in something to decide that it's for us, right? And so we can make it so complicated or we can be like, yeah, like let me just make sure they can see that. I couldn't agree more. Okay, so I want to switch gears now and talk about scaling mindset. So I mean, you're skilled at so many things, but when it comes to mindset, I really believe that you're the guru. (laughs) (laughs) on all things, on all things mindset. And so something that you've supported me so much with, and I know you serve a lot of your clients with is obviously scaling your business. And so let's just talk very briefly about how you might define scaling a business. And then we can talk a little bit more about mindset, but I think it's really important that we just set up what does scaling actually mean? Because that word gets thrown around so much online. Like, how would you define that word? Oh my gosh. I actually love that you're like level setting with this question because I think you're freaking spot on. And so that actually, I'm going to give you my answer and then I'm going to give you like the uh, thing that annoys me online about that too. Yes. <laughs> but my answer is that it's like literally just having the ability to grow more without only working more. Right. So it's like leveraged growth. So like when you're just starting out with one on one, it's like the way I'm making more money is to get another client. So it's like very much like time for a dollar association. Obviously, we're not necessarily charging with coaching just for time, but but quite literally, that is what it is. Right. The trick of it, though, is what I said was having the ability to grow more without only working more. That doesn't mean you don't have to put in work. (laughs) And sometimes to scale, you actually have to put in more work to set some of those foundations that then are leverage points. And that's what bothers me about this conversation online is like, I think like the entirety of it becomes about basically like, how do I just work less? And what I tell a lot of clients is like, you'll probably work the same amount in many ways. It's just going to be on different tasks that are more leveraged, but it's not like to scale means to drastically pull back in every way. Like, I I don't think that's realistic. It's that finding that understanding of knowing that so many things need to shift to take you to that next stage, right? So what got me here won't get me there, essentially, of just need to look at everything in a new way or how do we look at everything differently right now to take us to that next place. And really knowing that that, takes time and patience sometimes. Like I think scale has such like a quickness associated with it almost, right? And it's like, sometimes we really have to lay those foundations to have a jumping off point for that next phase, that next season in our business. Yes, absolutely. And so when it comes to mindset, then let's talk about some of the mindset challenges that come up. So If a client comes to you, do they say to you, like, I'm ready to scale? Like, do they literally say that? Okay, so there's clarity around that. Like, I'm ready to scale. Is there an understanding of the mindset challenges that they're experiencing? Or how does that conversation normally look for you? Yeah, I'm like a big, and I think you operate like this too. Like I'm a big believer in like set the strategy first, then see what comes up. So it's like, cool, you want to scale, like here are the steps, here's the strategy, let's lay this all out. And then that's when I feel like all the mindset stuff kicks up, if that makes sense. Like it seems lovely, this idea of like, let me make more and work, you know, the same. Let me not have my energy as my only leverage point. Like all of that's good. But then when you kind of get into like, here's the whole plan, like here's the next steps, I feel like it brings up a lot for people. Like what? I think some of the big ones are definitely feeling like it has to be really hard. Mm-hmm. I think it's maybe the biggest. I think overcomplicating things yes. is a big one. I think thinking everyone is doing it differently or has a secret. I think not giving themselves permission to do it their own way. Like I think thinking there's one way to scale. 
Yes. Um, And then the last one I would say is like patience. So kind of to that point, we were just making like, listen, scaling takes strategy. It takes time. It takes foundation setting. And I think by the time we're like, quote unquote, ready to scale, there's almost like an urgency for a lot of us behind it. And so I think just like bringing some of that like patience and presence to it is like a really big mindset challenge too. I love all of these so much. What's the most common? I think you know what I'm going to say, but uh, (laughs) I think it's like feeling like it has to be so hard. Like, I think that there is very much a truth in what you said earlier, which is like what got you here won't get you there. But I almost think some people feel like they have to just like wipe the slate clean and like everything they've known to be true is no longer true and they make it so hard and complicated. And it's like, I think scaling's way easier than getting your first five clients, to be perfectly honest. I don't know if you would agree with that, but... 100%. And I think our tendency is to think it must be so much harder. It's so much harder. It's so much harder. And we can really, like, get stuck in that to the point where we're making it all so hard. Something that you once said to me is... So, for example, say that you're already earning six figures in your business. Life can look quite comfortable for you at that point. So you're at a stage where you're like, everything feels really quite good. And I've decided that I'm going to scale because it makes sense to me. And yet everything right now feels pretty good. And an analogy you shared once was around, okay, if you like if you're gardening and you have a hole, like you've, you've dug a hole, you know that you're going to fill that hole. It's like identify problem, solve problem. But when life gets good or cushy or you're like, this is pretty good. I could just sit here in this for a really long time. It can feel much harder to then go to that next level because it's like, well, I've kind of created all this amazingness. And I see that all the time with clients where if life is really good, there's almost less ammunition to take it to the next level. It's like if you're sitting in a little bit of shit, it's so much easier to go, well, I don't want to be sitting in this shit. Like I'm going to make change and I'm going to make it quickly. Whereas if things are good, it's, it's harder to make that change purely because we make it harder. The way I would describe it is almost, it's like abundance on abundance. Like, I think that's a really hard skill to master for a lot of us because we feel guilty or we have stories that it's supposed to be hard or there's like so much underneath that. But like, Yeah, it's like one thing to go from like deficit or scarcity to abundance, but it's another to go from like total abundance to more abundance. Like it's really weird to hold space for that. And I feel like obviously that's a very privileged conversation to to have in many ways, but I do think there are almost more mindset challenges associated with that than filling the hole, so to speak, right? Yes. And I completely agree with you. It's absolutely a privileged conversation to have. And I think that that in and identifying that first and foremost, and that's also likely why we're not having or seeing these conversations as much. And there's obviously more people out there who are starting businesses because we know the statistics around, like there's obviously a lot more people at the starting gate than there are at maybe the six figure mark or the scaling mark or whatever else, not our clients. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Not our, not our people. Not our people. Not the majority of you listening. I am so sure high performing, incredible humans, but it's, I remember feeling guilt and shame around that, to be honest. And so I do feel, and you can hear it in my voice as I'm talking right now, like trepidation in sharing it because highly aware of the privilege like it's there is so much privilege in having an ability to create an incredible business and know that it's also that you've taken it to that point where you have the opportunity to scale it and also the fear and guilt of well I should just kind of be happy with where I'm at right now do you see that come up a lot and how would you coach someone through that yeah definitely I mean listen I think that there are all different reasons we like make it hard. And I think that's a huge one of them is because it feels like, gosh, if I, if it's as easy as this and I earn all this money and it's with less time, less energy, whatever that is, like I think it for sure makes us feel like 
you know, number one, like, should I feel bad? But number two, almost like who's going to come find me out, I think is almost like another one, right? Like, am I getting away with something? Isn't it supposed to be super hard? Yes. Um, But I think like the open door to that is like, what are you doing with that? (laughs) You know, I mean, I think that um, so many of us started these businesses because we are here to make an impact, to leave our mark on the world. And for me, when I look at the women who are my clients and who are um, doing this, like I can't think of money being in the hands of anyone better, quite honestly. <laughs> so I think it's just almost giving yourself context. Like something I love to do with clients is like, well, where's that money going? What are you using it for? What are you doing with it? What good are you creating? And helping them see that it's not like they're just wasting it in whatever way they think they would or like ha- having a real plan for like, how is this money going to make an impact? And I think that can really alleviate some of that. Like I see so many of my clients doing such good things Mm. with the resources they're creating. And so I think just feeling like I have a plan for what I'm going to do with those resources is like kind of wildly, you know, comforting in terms of letting more come in. Yes. I couldn't agree more. I love that you shared that in that way. I had a conversation with a client recently about this very thing. And I think it's essential for anyone who is a heart-centered human to know that there's purpose for money beyond yourself, because it's just not enough for us to know, oh, I'm going to have money for money's sake. Like it's, it's just not enough. There's got to be more to it than that. And so I love that plan. And you and I actually just had this conversation recently, but this idea of like, especially like once you're over a certain amount where like you were mentioning earlier, the comforts there, the whatever, like it really changes the dynamic of how you're thinking about it. And it's very difficult to kind of just attach money to a thing. Like there has to be almost this like greater purpose associated with it. Yes. So let's go back a little bit to talking more about the making it hard because I took us on a little bit of a segue there, but I think that there's so much more that we can talk about around this. And I say that as somebody who has very much made it hard for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Just just a little bit, you know. At different stages along my journey, 100% have made things hard. Just to share my own experience really quickly, because I know that it's helpful. And then I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts around this and your perspective. I very much had a story of like everything needs to be hard. Like everything needs to be hard in my life because from a really young age, I witnessed my parents building a business and just working so incredibly hard to do so. And everyone in my life around me, anything that they had achieved or created came through like blood, sweat and tears, including in my own life, everything that I'd created to that point was through so much hard work and determination. And maybe there was a part of me that didn't want to let go of that story because it felt like that was my edge or uh, my advantage in some ways, being this like high achieving, hardworking, high performing human. So it's like, what? I can't let go. That's, that's how I've been successful. And so not only did it feel like I had to completely change the way in which I was working for that next stage of business, but I also had to take a look at how I self-identified as an entrepreneur and as a human and do some work around that. Am I telling the story right? Do you feel like that yeah, feels true? Totally. Absolutely. Yes, totally. And so what comes up for you there? Are there any parts of that that I'm missing, obviously, in relation to my story? And then how I'd love to know what that looks like for other clients that you see and maybe other facets of that that show up for them. Yes, totally. I think um, the one thing I would add to your story that I think is true for everyone, but we can use it in your in your context here, is it's almost like at every new level of scaling, we almost relearn that lesson again. Like, and I think you've had that lesson at several different like financial and monetary points in your business where it's like, well, now I'm here, so clearly it will be hard here. Yes. (laughs) And then you find out it's easy, and then you get to the next level, and you're like, but this one is going to be hard. (laughs) And then you're like, oh, no, okay, this one can be easy too. And it's like, 
So I, I want to say that because I think permission, if like that happens to you, permission, if you keep hitting that, it should be hard edge at every new level because I think most people do. Mm. What about for you when you've scaled, what have been the challenges, the mindset challenges that have come up for you? The biggest one for me personally has definitely been like permission to do it my own way, which is now I'm like such an advocate and talk about that all the time. Because I have somewhat unique, I guess, desire in that I love one-on-one. Like, it is my heart, my soul. Like, I've tried different things over the years, and I just always come back to that. And it's where I'm happiest. It's where, like, I could spend literally, like, eight hours on one-on-one calls that day. And I'm like, who else wants to be coached? Like, I'm like, I just love it. But I had so many messages in this industry that, like, there is no way to scale that. That's not a scalable option. Like that's just a no. And I just felt so much tension around that for a while where it was like, but this is what my heart loves. But then everyone's telling me I can't scale it. But like, is that true? Is there another way? So that was like a huge thing for me. And like at every new space of that, I've really had to give myself just so much permission to not do it how everyone else is doing it. Yes. One thing I that really comes up too with the like making it hard thing that I see with so many people and I think this is interesting is that it's almost like we get to that point like you were saying like I've always gotten there this way and so then when we have that glimpse of like oh my god it really can be a lot easier than I've been making it what I see a lot of clients of mine do especially with they do it with mindset work too and we see how how much mindset works or how hard we've been making it, we make ourselves really wrong. We're like, wait, so for 30 years, (laughs) I've been making it so hard or like for 30 years, I've been like, and we almost go through this like mini shame spiral, I feel like, of like, wait, but it wasn't always that hard. And so I think that that's where some people get caught in the scaling too is like, It's almost like if I let it be easy now, then I'm making myself wrong for the past whatever lifetime. And just really finding that place where it can be both like you did your absolute best, you were a rock star, and now you have new information, new tactics, and you can lean into something new. But I notice like so much tension there in the scaling process. Isn't it fascinating how, because I see this as well, especially because I know we both work with women who identify as being really high performing and uh, a negative part of that that comes with that is very much that we can be the first to put so much pressure on ourselves and so at a time when we're allowing things to be easy or aiming to allow things to be easy it can almost be like self-sabotage that well wait this is the one thing that I can pick at that is a way for me to make things hard. I can just pick at myself for doing all of this so wrong for so long. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. It's like we're just so quick to make ourselves the problem almost, right? Yes, absolutely. And it's a really easy way to just halt the process and stop things from progressing in the way that they have been or the way that they might do if we just really let all of that go. So it's interesting there because what comes up for me is that scaling in some ways, if you commit to doing that, you're, you're almost needing to be prepared to wipe the slate clean of everything. And and I'm going to explain this a little bit, but wipe the slate clean of everything that's happened to that point in terms of the way in which you think and the way in which you work. Now, Obviously, it's not in terms of strategy because when you're scaling, you're very much building on what you've already created. Um, So strategically, it's very much about building what you've already created. But from a mindset perspective, it's being really comfortable to rewire so many things in so many different ways and almost completely reinvent yourself at that point. Absolutely. And and almost like create a new identity is basically it, right? Like the identity is no longer like I am the person who gets everything by working so hard or whatever, right? Like it's like we have to almost like let some pieces of ourselves die a little bit. That was a really great voice. I'm sure I've said that to you in that exact way at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I was just actually imitating Ellie. That was like just a direct impersonation. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I sound so attractive. <laughs> 
goodness. Okay. So we've talked about like identifying these mindset things and, you know, what they look like, like these blocks or these challenges or whatever. How do we actually move through them? Like what's some tools that people can use to move through them if they are at that point of wanting to scale? I'll just start with that piece that we were just talking about is kind of that like not making everything you've done up till this point wrong kind of thing, but also realizing you're going to have to do it a different way. There's this Carl Rogers quote. I don't know if I'm going to get it exactly right, but he basically says like the curious paradox is that when I accept myself as I am, then I can change. Mm. And I think that that's almost like step one for scaling is like, can you accept that you have like some stuff to <laughs> to shift? Can you accept exactly where you are and exactly what you've built up to this point? I think that a lot of times this is where I see a lot of tension for people is like, they're almost like done with that. Like they're like, no, 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 no. What's, what's next? What's next? What's next? Instead of kind of like sitting in like, you have come to the top of this mountain. Like, can we be in like full acceptance and, you know, presence of all of that so that we can then move on from here? And I, so I think that's step one. I think step two is like decide what now has to be true. Like I think for you, you very much recognize that you would have to decide like you couldn't scale and also believe that the only way to get somewhere is to work really 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 hard like I think you became very aware that like those couldn't live together 100% and so I think it's that and then I think it's like how do you find like a really excellent support system to help you process through all of that because there is a lot underneath there like like we were just talking about there's pieces of you that you have to let go there's an entire identity shift there's reworking a lot of stories and I think we can quite easily make ourselves wrong for a lot of that if we don't really get supported and get around other women who get that or Mm -hmm. other mentors who can say yeah that's normal like this is okay come with me like I think that's really valuable But if I was to say, like, here's a practice, I would say, like, you know, decide what you want to be true (laughs) and then work every single day to program that into your brain. So your brain is going to be like, no, 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 but we have to work really hard. But if you've decided that your new story is like hard work is not what creates my success, then you're going to take different actions. So that's something I teach a lot of my clients is there scaling is like you can have a thought and still take a different action and your thoughts will catch up. (laughs) Can you say that again? Yeah. So like you can have a thought and still take a different action and your thoughts are going to catch up to that action too. So it's almost like mindset is like one line, action is another. Sometimes you move the action line forward and it pulls mindset along or sometimes you move the mindset line along and it pulls action forward. But sometimes in scaling, like we just have to take the action and let our mindset catch up. I just love the way that you articulated that. So essentially it's like, accept that you have stuff to shift, decide what you now want to be true, get the support squad to do it and reprogram, 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 Mm -hmm. like take that daily action. (laughs) You know, I think the the deciding piece is so important. Yeah. Like actually making the decision because you might say, I really want to scale, but if you haven't fully committed to, I'm all in on this decision. Like I'm so all in that I'm prepared to make trade-offs in my life so that I can be all in on this decision. Then you haven't really decided. So while it sounds so simple, I think just the simple act of deciding, and I think this is relevant at any stage of business. Like when you're starting your business, it's so important that you make the decision of, I am making this business work. This is a non-negotiable. When you're scaling, I am all in on scaling. Like this is happening. When you're launching anything, like I am going to test and tweak and play until I find the right way in which this serves my people And then I'm going to deliver it to them no matter what it takes. Like, I'm going to do that. Yeah. What comes up for me there is like a a thing that I think is so important around the decision is this idea of like deciding versus wondering. So like even with the idea of like it, it can be easy, right? Which I feel like we could talk about how far you've come on that, by the way. I would really love to tell the people about that. But, um, (laughs) But like. You could have been like, well, I'm just going to decide it's going to be easy, which I feel like you totally did. And you stepped into that and you let me call you out on that every time it wasn't. And it was like a full commitment. 
Or you could wonder if that's true. Well, I wonder if this launch could be easier. We'll see. I wonder if it's really true that it could be easy. We'll see. Like you could take the, the, I wonder if it's true mentality, or you can take the like, well, I'm like showing up like it's true. I'm deciding it's true. I'm like, I am creating that reality. And I think too many people are like, well, let me see if it's true. And it's like, reality is subjective. Like you cannot wonder. (laughs) You must decide, right? There is no empowered CEO in I wonder. (laughs) Nothing in my business has happened because I wondered. Like everything's happened because I've been intentional and I've decided and I've created and I've manifested or, you know, I, I might have wondered at the start, but then I've made a commitment to that thing. And so I love that so much because I think that so much of that comes back to like, if you're the boss that you want to be, and you're probably going to have so many of those conversations when you're scaling is looking at like, who am I as a leader, as a boss right now? Like, what's the business that I'm creating? Mm -hmm. Then you're never going to be wondering. You're going to be committing. You're going to be deciding. You're going to be in taking really empowered action. It might start with, I wonder for a little bit. And so that's so not wrong, but yeah, you, you can't be making decisions from that place. So I really, really love that point. I just feel like I am in, in such a place where I just feel like it's such a gift to have watched this journey for you where like you really did like to make things hard at the beginning. Like, and it's funny because I listened to the episode that you and Che did and he even like alluded to like how you used to launch and how you launch now. He said it in this like very loving Che way, but he was kind of like, it used to be a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> Basically the gist, right? Yes, so true. (laughs) And it it has just been so true. And I just wish everyone could like see that because I think like they probably think like, oh, it's always been easy for Ellie or like, oh, it's always come, you know, so simply. And I can just tell you for sure it's it's come because you have been absolutely ruthless and relentless in committing to this idea of letting it be easier, even when your brain was fighting you like every step of the way. Yes. And so- what happened with that, right? Like you went from like 10K months to like you just last month did 240K in sales in a month off four emails, four emails, right? Talk about ease. Like how hard did you make it to make that 10K month versus four emails got you 240K in sales? Like it's mind blowing, right? It's true. It's so true. And I feel like now my commitment to ease is like just hearing you talk about Che and that, like my commitment to ease now is so great that if he ever (laughs) alludes to anything being slightly hard, I'm like, no, why? No, nothing's hard. Or even he said recently something like, um, he said, he just said the classic, like you work so hard, like as in, as a compliment, you know, like you've worked so hard for what you've got. And I was like, but I don't, but I don't though. (laughs) (laughs) And isn't it hilarious how we just reprogram so deeply. And look, I think that actually while we're on that point, I think it's so useful to know that hard work shifts over time. Like I think that, um, any conversations in the online space around, oh, you don't have to work. Like it just happens. Like that's such bullshit. And I wish everyone would just stop talking about that because it's not true. But I also don't believe in the hustle. Like I don't believe it. You have to burn out. I don't believe you have to take your body or yourself to a point where life is awful and you have made it harder than you need to, which is exactly the conversation we're having. But things do shift over time. And that's the beauty of scaling is that you can work way less to the point where I'm like aggressive about guarding that. (laughs) You know, and I think it's also you frame it in new ways, right? Like I think this is for me what has changed really significantly too is that like I just don't label anything I'm doing as hard anymore. Right? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I like you could be like, oh, I had a hard day. I had like all these coaching calls. Or you can be like, there's so much ease in that. There's so much flow in that. So I think you also, it's so much of it is just a mindset and brain game, right? Yes. Like, and then I think we get those experiences reflected back to us. It's like, if you're always saying like, that was, had so much ease, that was, you know, in flow, da, da, that experience continues to show up for you. If you're constantly saying it was so hard, it was so hard, it worked so hard, you're 
like you live in that experience as well. Like I think two people can do the exact same tasks or have the same day and one is like burning out their adrenals and one is like in ease and flow. Yes, absolutely. And so it's really identifying like your role then is to identify Liz Gilbert talks about this as like, what's your favorite flavor of shit sandwich, which is such a terrible analogy, but also so amazing. And obviously it's amazing because I repeat it all the time. It's like, well, what, what do you want to do in your life? And knowing that whatever you choose to do, there will be some shitty things in it. Like there'll be some things that are shitty, Oh my God, yes. But it becomes a choice. So it's like deciding that it's easy and doing the shitty things with ease rather than deciding that it's hard and doing the shitty things and being like, oh, Ellie or Lacey or someone said it was going to be really easy, but yet I'm still having to do this really hard, shitty thing. You know, we can even use your example here. So in terms of the like four emails, so basically you had two launches, four emails, went out between the two and they sold out to to give you the 240K. But I say that for context here, which is that you could also have been like, oh my God, it's so hard to write these emails. What am I even supposed to say? How am I supposed to get them to want to buy from like one email? This is so stressful. I can't imagine is someone going to be mad at me? What if someone doesn't get a space that like you could have made that whole process hard and arduous, even though it was only four emails. Mm -hmm. Or you could be like, "Um, I blinked basically and it all filled, which is kind of how it feels. But like, I think it's good to see both sides of it. Like, because I see clients make one email very, 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 very hard sometimes too. So it, it like so is the mind game there, right? It really is. And so I think it's it's that commitment, which I love is, is essentially like, like step four of what you said before every <laughs> single day, like, re, you know, I love steps or like a process. Um, yeah, you do. You're so, so, good. so like literally every day, how can this be easy? How can I make this fun? Like, how can I enjoy this process? What am I doing right now? That doesn't quite feel right. Like, how can I shift this? you know, going back to step three, like having that support squad that's going to support you to do that, having that outside lens of someone who can look at it, who has been there before, who's been right where you are and can go, I really recognize this step that you're at right now or this stage that you're at right now. And perhaps if you just tweaked this or you did this differently, this would feel infinitely better. So while I know Mm -hmm. that so much of this we've been talking about is mindset related, it's the mindset and action or and strategy that the two, you know, they go together, like they're, they're not mutually exclusive in any way. And so totally. really asking yourself those questions and then taking action from that place and vice versa, I think is incredibly important. Absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, what I see in scaling as it relates to mindset and strategy is like, if you can get the mindset neutral or to a good place, the strategy decisions are mostly quite easy and are mostly quite simple. If you're feeling like, oh my God, this strategy decision around scaling is so difficult, it feels so complicated, I guarantee you you're having a mindset issue. (laughs) That's like always almost like a litmus test for me. Like if a client comes to me and is like all jacked up about something strategy-wise, I'm like, cool, cool. So we're going to talk about mindset first. Or if they come to me and their mindset is like in this like awesome place, like it's such an obvious step to talk strategy. And so I think it's like, a good checkpoint to be like, is the mindset neutral? Because then the strategy gets easy. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I know that you and I believe both, we both believe so strongly that mindset is like 90% of the game. And I reckon it goes up to like 99 when you're scaling. (laughs) I'm like (laughs) 99.9. No, I'm kidding, but kind of. (laughs) So the further along in business, it's, and I don't know if you and I have talked about this in great detail before, but a belief that I've got in the back of my mind, which really serves me. And look, essentially for for everyone listening, like Lacey and I are talking about reprogramming to cultivate beliefs that serve you. So if something serves you, amazing. So please know that when you're rewriting beliefs, there's no right or wrong in terms of what those beliefs are. It's really just about what serves you, like what makes you happy, what makes you love your life. A belief that just really serves me that I come back to over and over again is 
I've already done the hard stuff. I've done it. It's happened. I've done the hard things. I don't need to do them. (laughs) One of my clients, I remember she was having a really hard time at one point in her business and we had this whole call and I was like, it all gets easier. Like I promise you it all gets easier. It feels so hard right now and it all gets easier. And she, she's now making like, you know, multiple six figures cruising right along. And she says that she thinks about that statement all the time. And that's like one of her mantras is it all gets easier. It all gets easier, but invariably it does, but you do have to lean into that. You do have to be really on purpose about that. You do have to choose that thought because I know plenty of people who have scaled and then just burnt out completely because of it. And so one little reframe I'll offer here too, I think sometimes I notice our clients, even the word easy is like a little crunchy. Yes. (laughs) So even, even the word sustainable or sustainability, I think is a really helpful one here too. So if you can't ask yourself, like, how can I make this easier? If that creates a lot of tension for you as a high achiever, what can I do to make this sustainable is also a great, great question. Ellie's word for the year was spaciousness. Yes. <laughs> and so I feel like that was a good replacement for ease a little bit too, is like, so instead of having to be like, how can I make this easy where our brain uh, turns up all this stuff around it? I think sometimes like, how can I make it spacious? How can I make it sustainable? Like there are other ways to kind of sit with that. Absolutely. I I think that word easy for me probably had a bit of resistance as well. And so um, I don't know if you remember Lace, like the word spacious came up as all my words do in the shower. And I was so fucking resistant to it. So resistant (laughs) to it. This is not my word. I don't want this to be my word. Like, what does that even mean? What does that even look like? And I was just so pissed off about it for so long. And I even remember you you, you trying to like make it sound really like high performing and really you going, well, if you look at it in this way and you look at it in this way. And I was like, I know what you're doing and I'm still irritated. <laughs> I remember a conversation where, because you had another word in consideration, but it wasn't like a word that was presenting itself. It was like an Ellie chosen kind of word, right? And um, I remember us, kind of playing with both of those and and me saying you know to you like well you're gonna have to give up that word if you commit to spaciousness like these words are almost in direct opposition to each other and you were like I know like I need to sit with this I don't know like I can't right and it yes it served you so incredibly well I mean gosh your business is absolutely completely skyrocketed and I think that I just want everyone to hear that, which is like, you can have the word spaciousness and you have truly lived into that. Like you don't just have the word, like you, you embody and and live the word. So you can have that word. You can be an embodiment of that and you can crush it. Like, I mean, I don't know. We'd probably have to do numbers here, but like, I mean, you can, you're whatever, five times in results, things like that. Right. So I think it's just so cool to hear that. I also think it's frustrating to hear that if you're in a place where you think it's really hard right now, but you are so much like living proof of the fact that like it really does get easier. You really can pick spaciousness and still grow. And I think that was what that tension was for you is you were like, can I have that and that? And you've just completely proven that to be true. Thank you for sharing that. And you made a good point there. I think if you are listening to this right now, like for anyone that is listening to this and there's anything that... Lacey and I are talking about that does feel a little sticky or frustrating even, please know that because we're specifically talking about scaling mindset, this might be an episode that you come back to at a later date and it has a completely different meaning for you. And I'm so mindful with this podcast that because in my business, I serve people at different stages of their business journey that I am being really mindful to consider every person at every stage of those of you that are in my community. And so please just know that I've had so many podcast episodes where I've listened to them at a certain time in my business journey or in my life and gone, oh, that's just not quite right for me. Like the first topic that comes to mind is that for a really long time, if I listen to any podcasts around um, like really embodying your feminine, like when I was still in corporate, (laughs) 
would really irritate me because I'd be like, I agree with well, that. I don't have the opportunity to just like dance in the corporate office at like two o'clock in the afternoon, you know, but nowadays when I look on Instagram or I listen to podcasts and I, and I hear stories or I witness, or I see it in my clients, people embodying that I'm just, Oh, it's just so different how that sits in my body. So I just think that's a really valid point to make if you're feeling that in any way. I remember this is like almost embarrassing, but I'll share it. Please do. Um, Cause I, I would also is very much like a work hard person too. But I remember when I hired, I think maybe like my second business coach, the specific reason I hired her was because she wrote this post about how she actually does show up and work hard every day. And I was like, finally, someone gets it. I shall hire you. That was like pretty much the wow. entirety of the reason I hired her <laughs> at the time. Because I was like, well, at least she's a hard worker, like all these crazy people. And there's so much irony to the fact that now I'm sitting here with you being like, oh, but we make it easy and da da. And it's true. So there is evolution. So just to share that, like, gosh, I, I could have given that to myself faster too. So if you are new and you are listening to that, like try to create some openness around that as well. That's such a good example of like your beliefs attract your reality. So whatever your programming is, like you are going to call that in. And so I think that that just yes. that like ties into our conversation so beautifully because this is why scaling mindset is so important because this work that you're doing every morning and I'm, I want to finish in a moment with a question around what that looks like for you. It's like the more you literally lean into that work every day, things that are invisible to you perhaps will happen. So you might attract an opportunity that you could only attract because you were vibrating at a frequency of that opportunity, right? Or you might naturally feel a connection with someone that you only feel because you are in that state of flow and easefulness in your business that you perhaps, you know, wouldn't have met her in otherwise, or there's so many great examples of that. So I really love that you shared that. I really want to finish up by just quickly talking about what your mindset habits look like. We've stepped out the process of what to do when you're scaling. And I think just finishing on that reprogramming every single day piece, I'm sure there are people who are potentially like, well, what does that look like? I know because I get asked this all the time and I know you do too. So can you just share a little bit about what that looks like for you? For sure. So I do want to caveat this with saying that like I have done a lot of deep work (laughs) in coaching and in therapy and then all that. So I'm going to tell you what my daily practice is. But like, just to be clear, that's not necessarily a replacement for getting like a really epic coach to walk you through some shit or yes. to getting a really great therapist or all of that. So let's say all that aside, this is the mindset that I would do just like on a daily kind of thing, right? I'm just so big in terms of the like, pick the thoughts you want to think. It's like we were saying I feel that our brains are so simple. Like if I could like condense it down, I would just say like our subconscious filters for repetition, not accuracy. Mm-hmm. So like if I'm like, I suck, I suck. My subconscious isn't like, girl, that's not true. You're awesome. Like you don't suck. Like it's not. It's just hearing I suck all day. And so it believes that to be true. And then my, the entirety of my actions are based on that. And so that's why I'm such a big believer in the programming. So a lot of my clients kind of get to the point where they're like, do I really have to write? I'm awesome. Mm-hmm. And shit like that every day or whatever. And it's like, uh-huh. You, yep. You sure do. Right. Because the more intentional you are with that, the easier it is to show up. So the things that I love to do in relation to that are I'm obsessed with the Think Up app. So you record affirmations in your own voice. And I have two dogs that I walk all the time. So I put your pods in, listen to that and walk them. And it would be so easy to choose other things or to think about other things. But for me, like putting in that reprogramming of like thoughts I want to intentionally think in my earbuds on repeat, it's it's just magic. It is literally magic. I also really love to do like, um, I guess I would say it's like a current and future gratitude list, but I do them together. So it almost like tricks my brain into thinking it's all happening now. So I'm like writing something I'm grateful for now next to it. I'm writing something I'm grateful for in the future. And then my brain's like, yeah, all of this. And then I actually have a journaling course called Happy Magic. And I usually just pick a journal prompt from there because I like to just not have to think about like, what do I want to journal on today? I like to just have like a prompt. And then 
The last thing, which I started just doing during COVID when like, I was like, I need a rock solid mindset here. Releases in Florida for the record, just to provide context to that. (laughs) Context. I have like three word documents open on my computer. One is called decisions. One is called appreciation. And one is called Kenny appreciation. (laughs) Kenny is my fiance. (laughs) So every day I have those up as I'm doing my work and as I'm like moving between tasks I'll just take five minutes and I'll like write something I'm appreciating about Kenny Day something I'm appreciating in my life some decision that I'm living into and I just try to make that like a very woven in part of my day and to be clear like all the things we're talking about take like five minutes like the think up app is like I mean it's like a minute right or like the current and future gratitude can be like five ten minutes right these little docs on my computer are like one minute in between other things, but it's like, I really feel like I'm like putting in the things I want to be true all day long. And then I just notice how my actions align with that, right? Like if I'm writing things I appreciate about Kenny all day, I'm looking for things I appreciate about Kenny. If I'm writing things that I'm grateful for, I'm looking for those. So all that has just made like all the difference in the world. Thank you for explaining that in such beautiful detail. And then also, (laughs) no, it's amazing. It's so helpful. And also articulating that it only takes a couple of minutes. So you just went into such beautiful detail around that. And also like, this is not a hard thing. It's almost ironic that often we put mindset work last when we can really see how that is a form of self-sabotage because it's probably the easiest thing to tick off your list every day. The magic of mindset work is that it works so well that once it's worked, you don't even realize it. I couldn't agree more. It feels so present and so integrated that you're not like, oh, I remember how crappy I felt three weeks ago. Like you almost can't access that, that it just feels like your new normal. So I think that it's one of the reasons why we were quick to push it off because it almost doesn't feel like something has changed. But Like, again, to use your example of, like, how different things are from, like, January when we were having this whole dialogue around spaciousness to now. When you're, like, four emails, two sold-out programs, total spaciousness, total ease, like, that's the cumulative effect of it. But, like, on a Monday, you don't necessarily feel that, right? I completely agree. And just to add to that, you don't experience that immediacy or that aha moment that we believe is the thing that's going to support us to create the change. And this is part of like thinking there's a secret, like a part of our brain tells us that we're going to learn one thing one time and it's going to change everything. Or even movies and pop culture have taught us like you have this aha moment where the clouds part and the birds sing and then suddenly everything shifted from that point and people tell brand stories related to that one moment in my experience and the experience of i i would say almost all of my clients it does not happen in that way and that is both the power and also the resistance to mindset work because it's it's not going to give you that one aha but it will absolutely change your life to the point of it almost being completely unrecognizable oh my god i love that because i could not agree more and i think Honestly, I think it's what keeps people really, really stuck sometimes. But it's almost like thinking because you've made a strategy decision in your business that it all should just immediately execute itself or something. And it's like, well, it doesn't work like that. You make the strategy decision, then you have to go take action. I think mindset is the same. And aha is a great open door. But like, what are you doing with that? How are you reprogramming that? How are you showing up for that aha every day? Like that's where the rubber meets the road. And what a beautiful way to finish up this conversation. (laughs) Is there anything that you haven't shared that you'd like to, to close this out? I just have to say this again, because it's like, I know no one will ever be able to see the full journey, but like, I'm just so proud of you. Like how much you have embodied that in every way imaginable this year is just so epic. And it's like freaking August, (laughs) right? Like, I mean, it feels like December. I know I'm speaking as though it's December, but like, gosh, I've just seen you like lean so hard into being the embodiment of a CEO that creates ease, that creates spaciousness, that serves her people really well. And I just am like in awe of you and how much you have leaned into that journey and just made it true for you and then brought all of your people with you. Thank you so much for saying that. And so much of that is because of your support as such an incredible mentor. And that's exactly why I wanted to have you here to share 
all your goodness and amazingness with everyone because when it comes to mindset and scaling you are just such a boss and have supported me so much so thank you for everything that you bring to my business and my life I love you oh my god my pleasure I love you so much oh and now we're gonna cry so we're gonna finish this (laughs) thank you so much for being here where can we find you Lace the best place to find me is I have a podcast. So if you're listening, that's the easiest place. I have a podcast called Literally. And then my website is alituplife.com. Incredible. Definitely jump on over and check out Lacey's podcast. It is incredible. Thank you all for being here. We'll be back with you very soon. Thanks so much, Lace. There you have it, beauty. Isn't she just divine? I hope you loved that episode and that you were able to take a lot of note around the process that Lacey shared about how to scale and overcome the mindset challenges that come up along the way. If you loved this episode, I would love for you to subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes in the future. And I would also love it so much if you could please leave me a review and let me know what you have loved most about this episode. Thank you so much for being here, beauty. I will see you next week.